don't look back because the market is closed. Good Monday afternoon, everyone. Tyler Harris here with you for today's VRA Investing Podcast. And happy Valentine's Day to everyone out there. The markets, though, could not deliver on the love today. Really, not necessarily a bad day out there. We finished about where futures were this morning, although overnight we're much lower in the futures market. Uh, so really not a bad day at all compared to what we saw to our European counterparts down big overnight, down big on the day to day. A lot of fear right now about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia. And I would say that <laughs> that fear really exists in the mainstream media mostly. Uh, but I'll get to that here a little bit more in a minute, futures were trying to rally this morning ahead of the open, going into the St. Louis Fed president, James Bullard, who was interviewed on CNBC this morning. Many people were talking about it ahead of time, so you know there were a lot of people watching it. I'm sure that he carefully scripted this, and he did make a point of saying he's only one member of the Fed, so he doesn't speak for everybody. So very carefully crafted points, but he did say and called for a 100 basis points worth of hikes before July 1st. He said that he would leave the, the how up to Jay Powell on that one. He was looking for a 50 point uh, rate hike in uh, March, but he said, you know, it could be done in, in 25 basis point increments along the way. And that rattled the market a little bit but not necessarily a ton like we saw last Thursday from him where he said it and sent the market lower on the day that day, freaked people out a little bit. But we were able to turn positive this morning uh, and a little bit of backing and filling through that, like I said, to finish about where we started on the day today. But what was really interesting was the CBOE Fed funds rate came out today as well. And the probability for the March 16th FOMC meeting for a 50 basis point rate hike slid by a massive 40% here. They were saying ahead of time a 99% chance of a 50 basis point rate hike now falling to just a 59% chance. Now, we're still over a month away from that. We'll see what other Fed presidents have to say in the meantime. Most likely will be a waste of time to even pay attention to it, um, uh, just being totally candid about it here, but we'll continue to report on it here as well. And then as I mentioned earlier, a lot of to do about what's going on with the Russia-Ukraine dispute and surprise, surprise, getting plenty of warmongering here in the US from our mainstream media. And I think most people, I wouldn't say most people, but a lot of people are, are realizing, especially if you pay attention to news outlets from overseas, that people are asking, why does the US want this to happen so bad? Why are they instigating this so much compared to you have the uh, Ukrainian president saying that it's not going to happen. You have Vladimir Putin saying it's not going to happen. Uh, really, I mean, I'm not an expert in this area, so who knows, but... <clears throat> What is what happened today was really interesting. The media kind of lost its mind over a comment from the Ukrainian president, which 
apparently was made in jest, saying that Ukraine was or Russia was going to attack Ukraine on Wednesday, as if countries now just come out and announce politely when they're going to be attacking, right? Because that happens all the time. <laughs> Another joke there as well. But the way that we're looking at this with Biden's approval rating at just abysmal levels, inflation soaring, crime figures soaring, Biden needs a rally the country type of moment, much like what we saw with Bush before the Iraq war with WMDs. Now, of course, after 9-11, a, a much different story there, but similarly, the country rallied behind that. And that looks to be what the Biden administration is doing here. And while everyone is talking about Russia, while everyone was watching the Super Bowl yesterday, talking about commercials, the Durham report just so happens to come out and it comes out in a whimper from the mainstream media. Nobody's talking about it with just incredibly damning evidence of how the Clinton campaign did spy on Trump's campaign Obama and Biden more than likely knew about it, and it continued after he was elected. I mean, that should be the headline that everybody cares about today. Remember, when Trump went on 60 Minutes, and they just bashed him for even having the gall to say something like that. And now, much like we've seen over the last two and a half years now, the conspiracy theorists have been proven Right again, conspiracy theorists turning into conspiracy facts here. Uh, but of course, no one's talking about that because they're talking about what's happening in Russia. As Kip has said here many times, and I completely agree with, we're watching a scripted movie playing out in real time. And the take home for us here is one that Kip wrote about this morning and his mentors talked about a lot. On the first shots fired, sell your hedges and buy the markets. And from a technical side, which I've seen a little bit more of, we want to see the lows from January 20, the week of January 24th, we want to see those lows hold. And as long as those levels hold, we want to be long this market. And if the first shots fired or whatever it might be going on in Russia and Ukraine, that will be the time to buy this market. Overall, in my opinion, it's going to look a lot like what happened when Obama and Biden rolled out the welcome mat when Russia strolled in and took Crimea. I mean, it's a very similar looking type of story here. In, in reality, you know, a lot of people have talked about this. I mean, NATO has Russia almost surrounded. You can tell why Russia would not want NATO in Ukraine. Almost, if you're looking at it objectively, you can't blame them for not wanting that. Um, so we'll, we'll continue to see what happens there. It's certainly going to be an interesting week news-wise. But looking at our markets on the day, we did get a bit of a comeback here from the lows of the day after that Ukrainian president's story broke. Again, like I said, was apparently comments made in jest, but we'll have to wait and see. But we rallied well off of those lows. Did finish down on the day, but the Nasdaq led the way really almost exactly flat on the day to 13,790. We were followed there by the S&P 500 down just under four tenths of 1% to 4,401. 
Next up was the Russell 2000 down 0.46% to 2020. And lastly, the Dow Jones down just less than half a percent to 34,566. And the key here is that we're still roughly three to 4% above those January 24th lows. Like I said, we wanna see those hold. And as long as they do, we want to be long this market here. Looking at our internals on the day today, not the, not the numbers you love to see, but not abysmal readings either here. Uh, so no massive red flags just yet. Declining stocks, beating out advancing stocks, roughly two to one negative overall for both the NYC and the NASDAQ combined. Next up, new 52 week highs to lows. We're our weak spot here, but still nothing like the negative readings that we saw that week when our markets did hit those January 24th lows uh, that I mentioned earlier but we wanna see those start to improve from here, absolutely. Then lastly, volume, coming in roughly three to one negative for the NYSE and uh, just better than two to one negative for the NASDAQ. Uh, <clears throat> looking at our sectors on the day today, we finished with just two out of our 11 S&P 500 sectors higher on the day today, that was consumer discretionary and surprisingly, communication services, because earlier in the session, communication services hit a new 52-week low here as Facebook just continues to collapse and no, no love lost there. Uh, just an absolutely garbage company uh, run by pro-censorship fascist people, really. And I'm not saying that Facebook is about to fall off into oblivion or anything. I think they have too much government backing. The NSA loves collecting data on people through Facebook. Uh, so certainly not saying that it's just going to fall into oblivion, but there's no love lost when this company is hitting 52 week lows, at least from, from my end here. Um, uh, just a, like I said, garbage company in my opinion. Uh, so in the short term, it's nice to see them getting hit and believe me, I'd love to see it continue. Uh, but in all reality, they'll likely be back off to the races here and, you know, getting back to all-time highs and beyond that over the medium to long-term. But next up after that, our other positive sector uh, was consumer discretionary. And then our laggards on the day were energy, uh, despite oil being higher on the day, followed there by financials and healthcare. Finally for today, our VRA commodity watch, gold now up 1.75% to 1,874 an ounce. That is the highest level for gold since November of last year good to see and the miners based off gdx the minor etf also got above its 200 day moving average today as well and this is a group that we've been pounding the table on for some time now and for good reason here it's really has been somewhat odd to see the massive increases that we've seen in, in inflation and the one asset that most people look to to guard against inflation really hasn't done much as far as precious metals go. And we think that that's about to change here uh, because namely gold loves rising rates. We've talked about that story here a lot, especially over the last couple months as the Fed is looking to raise rates, even if they only do so one or two times, that's still a rising rate environment. We had the 10 year, did get back above 2% again briefly today, did finish up on the day, but at a 1.99% now. But, uh, you know, if you look back on history, there's no doubt that gold loves rising rates. We saw from 2004 to 2006, 
when the Fed raised rates 17 times and gold rose by 213%. The miners performed even better. Then from 2016 to 2018, gold doubled again as well. So really people are forgetting that side of the story. Like I said, even if the Fed does just raise rates one or two times, it is the right environment for gold and the miners to have some big bull bullish runs here. Next up, silver up a big 2.2% on the day today to $23.88 an ounce. Copper now down on the day, uh, just over two tenths of 1% to $4.49 a pound. And lastly here, oil up just under 2% to $94.87 a barrel. Again, interesting to see energy as a sector down over 2% on the day today as oil hits another highest level since 2014 here. You know, it'll be interesting if, if we do see some alleviation of this Russia-Ukraine tension, oil prices will likely fall. I mean, we are at extreme overbought territory, um, really getting close to extreme overbought on steroids. We're not there yet, but getting close. Uh, so this is about the environment we start to see a turn. But our call for oil has been for $100 a barrel uh, since the beginning of 2021, and we're almost there now. Uh, so long-term, remain extremely bullish on that group as well. Lastly for today, Bitcoin is down on the day. <laughs> if you watched the Super Bowl, I didn't watch a whole lot of it, but I did happen to notice a lot of cryptocurrency commercials touted by many, many celebrities. And a lot of people might look to that as a selling event, right? Maybe they're the ones selling into this, this story, right? Getting everybody else to buy them as they're unloading them. Maybe, tough to tell really, but Bitcoin now down slightly by three tenths of 1% to 42,200 of Bitcoin. Folks, that's all that we have time for here today. Please be sure to subscribe to receive our VRA podcast every day at the market close. You can sign up at vrainsider.com. Click the podcast link at the top and we'd love to have you with us. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time, happy Valentine's Day and we'll see you back here tomorrow for the close.